Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined as always by G. Hey Wiley Armani Buckets. G. Hey, how are you doing, my friend? I am so excited. I cannot wait to get out of this quote-unquote crappy weather and head to Vegas after the show. So I am very happy about today. Today's going to be awesome. Look at Jihei making that drive uh, to Vegas. Jihei was the one that told me about, and I'm blanking on the name, Jihei. You could tell me that that massive candy store that's on the way to Las Vegas when you're making that drive from Los Angeles. Do you know what yeah, I'm talking I do remember. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up the the place because it's getting a little bit more famous now. Back when I went, it was there was like nobody in there. <laughs> I know there was, no. but it's 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 very interesting. It's I think they put it halfway between the drive from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. They actually have amazing food because uh, the sushi and like other things that get shipped from Los Angeles to Vegas. They drop off things there. So, I mean, you, you, you could be on this uh, drive from Los Angeles to Vegas and just get like this amazing uh, food and sushi and candy and whatnot. And the guy who owns it is a big Lakers fan. So if you walk in there, uh, there's a big piece of the court from back in the day when the Lakers played at the Forum. Uh, so it's a really fun place. Um, we will look up the name, but I mean, it's that's one of the fun things about the drive. To be honest, I, I go back and forth between Los Angeles and Vegas, and the drive there is not bad. Uh, it's really the drive back that it just was such a um, hassle that took, uh, you know, normally if you do it right, it's about a three-hour drive when uh, maybe I just timed it wrong, but it was several times that that drive was five, six hours. So, uh, but Armani Buckets, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, we know about secret pizza, Jihei. You've mentioned it. Arash, do you have a favorite Vegas restaurant? We were just talking about it because Jihei is going to, because she's driving there, she's going to go to Henderson and Summerlin and some of the other places. There's a lot of places. Um, herbs and rye. Herbs and Rye is a very uh, well-known steakhouse amongst the locals there. They have an all-night happy hour, and uh, you, go, you go in there and you can get an amazing filet mignon for like half price. A lot of the bartenders know about it because they make amazing drinks. So, you know, I think generally speaking, if you, and, you know, thanks to like Uber and Lyft, even if you're staying on the Strip, I would highly recommend doing your homework looking what's out there by the way gee i don't know if you knew this and maybe while you're driving out there you could check it out yourself there is a ponchos ponchos which is famous in manhattan beach they have a ponchos in Summerlin. so it's kind of funny yes. that there's that there's two locations of ponchos one in vegas <laughs> one in Summerlin. 
Yes, actually, pre-COVID, I think that's when he opened up. Yeah. The owner of Ponchos wanted to open up a place in Vegas. So, yes, I do know that it's there, but I have not been. Um, I'd love to go for some maybe comedy night or karaoke over there. They have amazing. By the way, if you ever go to Ponchos in the South Bay, on I think it's on, I want to say it's on Monday that they do it. Don't yeah. quote me on that. But, um, or sorry, Sunday for karaoke. If you ever go there for karaoke, be prepared. It's like American Idol in there. Uh, that's it's, right. <laughs> it's been like, I'm not kidding you. Like kid and kid from kid and play went and sang there. Like wow. crazy. I like, I'm, unless I am three sheets to the wind, I will never go up on stage <laughs> and do a karaoke at Poncho's. So be uh, prepared. And the gas station is called Eddie's World. Eddie World, that's right, in Eddie Yermo, World. which is really yep. kind of at that halfway point. So when you hit it, you know you're halfway there. Uh, they claim to have uh, the largest gas station in California, which I, it, it has to be true because when you go there, it is massive. It's huge. So, yeah, it's um, huge. For whatever reason, whether I had just kind of driven past it or whatever, I didn't know about it until Jihei uh, made the stop there, took some pictures, and I'm like, I got to check out this place. So I'm really glad I did. Um, speaking of the Lakers and the Laker court, the Sad Teddy world, uh, the Lakers made some news. And again, there was this feeling when they put together the roster, there was one roster spot left. They saved some cap room. There was a position left for a, a big man and probably dream scenario for them when you're looking at like the like upside you can get from the signing was Christian Wood and Armani Buckets the Lakers kind of completed what has to be considered a massive win in terms of what they've put together this offseason by signing Christian Wood who may by the time we get to the season be the starting center of this team your thoughts on that move you know on paper, what they've done this offseason is truly remarkable. I do want to just play both sides a little bit here because sure. when we look at this roster, a lot of the guys that they signed, we know who they are. We know what their upside is. What I will say, though, in 2020, the Lakers went out and got two big men in JaVale McGee and in Dwight Howard. And at the time, I think the consensus was, oh, we know who these guys are. We don't think that they have a lot of upside. They may not even stay on the team in, in Dwight's case. Yeah. Christian Wood, a lot of times fans of the team that Christian Wood has been a part of have said after he's left, oh, well, we're glad he's gone. We didn't really need him. We don't really want him. It, he hasn't been in a locker room or a culture quite like this Laker team. And a lot of times, guys that are talented, guys that have skill. This guy averaged 16 points and almost eight rebounds a game last year. Yeah. Guys that have that kind of skill, what it takes is a good locker room and a good organization to unlock something extra out of them. And the fact that he has a player option, great job by Rob Palinka because that's going to motivate him yeah. to say, hey, I can work really hard this year, get paid a lot more next year this laker team is gonna be i mean it, they look really really scary and by the way one last thing i'll say all of this is going to be aided by the help of phil handy when yeah. you have a guy that can really get the most out of players i'm really curious we've been talking about it all offseason but vanderbilt his three-point shot Rui Hachimura, his creation. Now with Christian Wood, maybe they can work on his defense. Jackson Hayes, 
Cam Reddish. There's so many guys that the Lakers have rolled the dice on. You would have to think, okay, maybe a few of them don't work out. But maybe it's just like, what if Cam Reddish all of a sudden just ascends? What if yeah. Christian Wood just ascends? We already know Davis, LeBron, Reeves, Gabe Vincent. We know what those guys are. If one more guy just takes that leap, that's all that they were missing against the Denver Nuggets. One more extra piece of you know offensive help and a guy that can be well-rounded. No, no doubt about it. I mean, he, so uh, the Lakers signed him to a two-year, $5.7 million deal, as you mentioned, player option there, which is significant in the sense that, listen, if you show what you can do on a stage like Los Angeles with a team like the Lakers, uh, which made it to the conference finals a year ago, you, you could uh, put yourself in a position to sign a big contract. If you're a Lakers fan, you probably remember, um, you know, perhaps his best game of the season a year ago on Christmas Day, 30 points, eight rebounds, four steals. Again, for a big man to shoot the three and to steal the way he does is pretty incredible. As you mentioned, Armani Buckets, he uh, averaged last season 16.6 points and 7.3 boards per game. Again, just uh, uh, incredible numbers for a guy who's available now and uh, they they just signed on the cheap. Again, he's 27 years old. He turns 28 years old later this month. Um, and again, here's a little fun fact. I, I guess he was one of only four players, six foot ten or taller, to make 103 pointers in each of the last two seasons. Included in that, Nikola Vucevic, Laurie Markkinen, and Jaron Jackson Jr. He shot 38% on threes over the past four seasons. Uh, again, by the way, that's better than the entire Lakers shot. The Lakers last season uh, struggled from three, only shooting 34%. They were 25th. Um, I mean, again, like you mentioned, Armani Buckets, I mean, what's the best-case scenario that this guy uh, really – turns into the player he should be. Again, when you're 27 years old, like perhaps you haven't hit your prime yet. And, and again, there's a lot of very talented players on this team. So it's not like they're going to make him the guy. Again, he's joining a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell and Rui Hachimura. It's a very deep team. Um, what's the best case scenario? One other thing I wanted to point out is that he's also from Long Beach, California. So he's a local yeah. that is going to, he knows about Lakers culture. He knows about all this stuff. Best case scenario, Christian Wood, he had to wait until September 5th to sign his contract. What that should tell him if I was in his shoes, hey, I got to be, you know, on my best behavior. I got to do exactly what the team needs from me. I can't expect to shoot a ton of shots. I have to play my role to a T. Best case scenario is he understands that. And at age 27, going into age 28, with all of his talent, he could be the perfect fit for this roster. I mean, a guy that can score, a guy that, yes, he has limitations. They're well-documented. Some of them being in the locker room. Some of them being on the defensive end of the floor. He knows these things. So on this team that we assume is going to compete for a championship, I assume that he's going to try his hardest to overcome those limitations. And you mentioned it, Arash. The roster is so talented, at least in theory and on paper, that he is not going to be tasked to carry so much weight. In Dallas, he was actually tasked to do a lot. He was carrying that bench unit offensively. This year, it's just 
hey, if you're open, shoot the ball. Occasionally take it to the basket from the perimeter. His skill set, I mean, this guy was someone who we thought, you know, would be in the all-star conversation a few years back when he was a rising star in uh, in Detroit. So he's still young. I mean, yeah. Rob Palinka, you know, <laughs> it's funny because remember the narrative about Palinka, it wasn't this praiseworthy uh, just recently. No, it's, no. This is recent that Palinka is getting the credit. Now, what was the reason, to the best of your ability, that he was available now for that price when you look at his age, his productivity? Um, you know, again, this is a very, when I say it's a small league, if, if you get, uh, if you get labeled a certain way or something happens in that front, a lot of teams are scared to give you that big, big contract and you almost kind of have to prove yourself. Did, did something happen with the Mavericks or during the course of his career that would enable a player that young who showed what he can do to sign for this kind of a contract? Yeah, I think it was just the things that, happened behind the scenes in the locker room that we don't see before he was in Dallas he was in Houston the Rockets fans were not sad to see him go they were actually happy to see him go I think pretty similar to what happened in Dallas he's a guy that likes to shoot the basketball if he's not getting his touches offensively he can you know give less effort on the defensive end but again when you're on a team like the Dallas Mavericks, <coughs> who finished in, what, 11th or 12th place, it's hard to stay motivated. When you're on a team like the Houston Rockets at that time, who were not a good basketball team, it's hard to stay motivated. He was on the Pistons before that. Again, he hasn't been on a team yeah. that has the aspirations of the Lakers. And I feel like we've seen this story so many times. I think Dwight and JaVale are great examples. Dwight was out of the league. All of a sudden, Dwight became one of the most quintessential pieces to a championship roster because of the fit and the timing and everything just came into fruition at the right moment. Christian Wood, 27, going to be 28 years old. We know about the offensive talent. Yeah, this this can definitely work. And if it doesn't work, well, okay, fine. You know what you signed up for and you're going to have to probably sit on the bench, but that's that's a risk that you should take absolutely if you're Rob Palenka. Again, this is a risk that you you take at this point in the season when you got a guy basically you know you have your fifteenth uh, or fourteenth or you know slot open and you sign him to a very small contract like that. I mean, here's the thing: very telling. Uh, we'll see how things turn out with the Lakers. But again, in seven seasons, he played. He's played for seven teams. I mean, yeah. there's there's something there. Uh, he's played for Philadelphia, Charlotte, New Orleans, Milwaukee, Detroit, Houston, Mavericks. Now with the Lakers, so there's something there where, like, after a year, <laughs> he hasn't. I mean, the, 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 his longest stint was with. Houston, uh, when he was there for two seasons, as you said, when he was gone, no one uh, said that they missed him. So we'll see what happens there. Armand, I, I, I want to get your your sense of again. It was very quiet on the, the NBA front. No moves were made. Not only does Christian Wood sign with the uh, Lakers, but Danny Green, former Lakers, signed with the Sixers. Um, I don't think there's any correlation there, but it was kind of just. I guess jarring at the beginning of September here to see kind of two somewhat significant transactions. Could could there be something more here, or it, it just happened that way? 
Yeah, I saw that, you know, we were speculating that in our respective group chat. I don't, I I didn't think of that when it happened, but, you know, it was odd that out of nowhere we haven't heard about any NBA free agency news in probably, what, a month? And then, boom, in the span of 30 minutes, two guys sign. That is a little bit suspicious. Also, we've had a lot of, you know, James Harden kind of um, stories being written. I think Ramona Shelburne uh, wrote one this morning about Harden and how te- um, how the situation has unfolded in Philadelphia. I I didn't read too much into it, but, you know, we are approaching training camp very soon here. So I don't think Philadelphia wants that situation heading into training camp. I don't think Portland necessarily wants that situation heading into their training camp. But what has changed? I don't know. James Harden, you know, the only thing that I've seen is him on um, on a TikTok saying that he has given up tequila before games and instead he's a wine drinker. That's all. I, wow. That's the only update I've got. So good for James in that respect. He said tequila is hard on the body as he's getting older. Uh, so now he's transitioning over to wine. I respect cal- that. From a caloric intake, and uh, Gigi can correct <laughs> me, I think tequila is better. I, I don't think wine is so bad. I mean, people would be surprised. Again, I'm not saying down a couple bottles, but uh, people would be surprised at the calorie and carbs uh, for a glass of wine. Uh, Gigi, you know a lot about that. I mean, anything <laughs> in moderation is good. Like, you know, don't don't be down in two bottles of Pinot. Like, you know, um, you know, and the same goes for tequila. It's actually in, and it's an upper. Um, it's not a suppressant uh, yeah. because it comes from a natural uh, plant. Um, it comes from the agave plant um, for tequila. But I bet you he must be drinking some crappy tequila if he's still <laughs> feeling like, like don't don't drink bad tequila. You can afford, you know, the. Two hundred dollar bottle, yes. buddy. You can afford like the Classic Azul Gold or something like that. Get that, uh, yes. Classic yeah, Azul Gold, like nice, the Don Julio, nineteen forty two. You know, something like that. Get, get like a nice, yeah. Get a nice bottle. We are gone are the days of, um, you know, just drinking Patron now. Like yeah. it, there's there's more tequila out there uh, for you to for you to drink. But you know what? To be honest with you, you should just be giving it up. Period. And then once you retire, go nuts. Have fun enjoy all the tequila you want because I think that alcohol in general is obviously a toxin. So it's not great for you, but you know, in your off, in the off time in the off season. Yeah. Enjoy, you know, enjoy a couple glasses and have some really nice reposado as they say. So um, yeah. Yeah. No. um, But as far as the caloric intake with wine, um, it is higher. Yes. (laughs) So maybe stay away from the vino for a little bit and then, um, go back to the tequila. It's actually not horrible for you, but everybody responds differently to booze. So yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll see. But yeah, for me, I would, I would stay away from, from the wine. <laughs> I wanted to quickly read this from Ramona Shelburne's article today. Sixers players and Doc Rivers apparently had an issue with James Harden and joined the Miami nightlife before a game. Harden didn't travel with the team to Miami. He traveled separately with permission from the front office to enjoy the nightlife. This is not uncommon in the NBA or for Harden, but it didn't sit well with Rivers and several players on the team. Now, Arash, obviously you've covered a lot in the past. I don't know if this is a non-story or not, but this is a recurring theme. It's a problem. It's a problem. I I know Ramona's reporting that it's, it's not uncommon. It's, it, it is not common though. Like, like, 
like may- maybe it happens once in a blue moon. Generally speaking, a lot of times it's for professional reasons, wink, wink, where a guy will be in Los Angeles a little bit longer or Miami a little bit longer. But I, I don't think it's for the sole pers- purpose of partying and hanging out. Real quick before we go to break, uh, a fun matchup this morning in the uh, FIBA World Cup. Uh, Luka Doncic gets d- disqualified, and it was good, you know, Listen, we had our fun with Dylan Brooks, but fun to see him get under the skin of a, a superstar player. Luka gets disqualified. Shea Gilgers Alexander having an amazing game, 32 points. And RJ Barrett, 24 points. It's Canada top Slovenia, 100 to um, 89. We, we, we talked about how much we like Canada. Your thoughts, Armani Buck? Is Canada moving on to these semifinals? You know, a week ago, it looked like we might not get this result. Canada, by the way, was about to be eliminated by Spain in their in their previous game. If you guys missed that, they were down by like seven in an elimination game with like five minutes to go. They came back. They won that. So now, you know, obviously before the tournament, we all said U.S.-Canada finals, U.S.-Canada finals. It was a kind of a weird way to get here, but we're almost here. I don't know if it's going to happen. Germany's going to be tough. Canada has a very tough matchup as well against Serbia. But, uh, you know, that would be really fun. And NFL Sunday on the same day, as we mentioned. It's going to be amazing. We got the the U.S. Open. I was going to say, and by the way, for years and years and years, and I know that they can't do it because of schedule, U.S. Open having their finals on the same Sunday of the first NFL. And they've done that for years, which makes no sense. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Grant Mona. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline right now and join our good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Doing good. Uh, the Dodgers aren't doing well, but football <laughs> and basketball is upon <laughs> us, and that's a good thing. That's always a good thing when you enter into September. Grant, the past month, last month, was my favorite month of reading your amazing uh, takeaways in the Sporting Tribune. Thank you. Has not really turned out that way. Again, it has nothing to do with you. <laughs> the team yeah. has struggled. Um, Julio Urias, we will see how that situation plays out. Obviously, it, this is far bigger than sports, far, far, far bigger than, than the game itself. We'll see how that plays out. It, it's just... Hard to imagine him taking the field again for them this season. 
And if you want to play it out, uh, perhaps sever again. Um, and then while that's happening, Clayton Kershaw looks like, you know, and again, we're so appreciative when we see Clayton Kershaw's pitch the way he does. But then right before the postseason, maybe hitting a wall, Dustin May obviously out, Tommy John surgery, uh, Tony Gonsolin out, Tommy John surgery. If there's a silver lining, they may get Walker Bueller back for the postseason. But Graham, put into context what's happening with the pitching staff right now. Um, I think it's just wearing down to the point where now, you know, you're starting to see why depth is so important, right? Yeah. You know, you, you come into this year and like, I, like we've said before, they're kind of overperforming at this point and you see kind of the repercussions of not having that extra depth. That's why they got Lance Lynn. That's why they got Joe Kelly at the deadline to kind of support that staff. And now, you know, you, you think Kershaw, okay, yeah, Kershaw's back. He got a lot of time off, but then he comes back and, you know, all the reports and all the talk around him is that that shoulders and still not good it's still not 100 percent, and i don't think it will be the rest of the year um you know then you have obviously tony gonsolin go down with tommy john surgery he didn't even look right even before the surgery yeah. um dustin may went out early now you have the you the julio Udia situa- situation to where you know you don't know what's going to happen there like you said probably not going to be back but um at this point you're going to have to rely on the young guys. And yeah. that's not something that the Dodgers want to do going into the playoffs, obviously, because some of these guys are unproven. Sure, Ryan Pepio has been good. Um, you know, Emmett Sheehan has been good in spurts, um, but there's no consistency among the young guys. Maybe just Bobby Miller. Um, and Bobby Miller had an excellent outing on Sunday against the Braves. He went seven innings, three hits. He looked like prime Walker Bueller. Um, and you are getting Walker Bueller back. He just threw a rehab start. He will throw two more and then we'll kind of evaluate him from there. Yeah. Um, so there is, I guess, reason for optimism, even through all of this, this negativity. But the Kershaw thing is what scares me the most because he's an aging lefty. Um, his arm has not been right for the past three or so years, and now you add a shoulder injury to that. He hasn't had an elbow injury yet, thank goodness, but uh, he had a 2.7 mile per hour drop on all of his pitches. Um, that's not really what you want to see uh, from any pitcher, let alone a guy in, in his mid to late 30s. So, um, you know, for him, I think what they should do is shut him down. They should shut him down and just wait till the playoffs. They yeah. won't do that because of the competitor in him, and Dave Roberts has said that already, but. It's getting thin on the depth, um, and that's a, a major concern going into the playoffs. It doesn't matter who you play. You need at least three top-end guys going into a playoff series. So the problem that I had was that I was so excited for the series with the Atlanta Braves because that was who they were going to go against. And I was covering that series a couple of years ago in Atlanta, and you're thinking, man, you know, they got Freddie Freeman – but somehow the Braves, and I don't know whether it's the system or the culture or the combination of both, I said this will be a good barometer of where they're at. And they almost got swept by them. They, they dropped the first three. Uh, they 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 got one win. That was my problem, Grant. Like I think even before uh, the you-know-what hit the wall with the pitching staff and some of these other players, like they kind of went head-to-head at home in their backyard against the team that they're going to have to go through to get to the World Series. And they showed that, listen, they may be the second best team in the league. They're not better than the Braves. How disheartening was that series for you? I I am not as as negative about it as other people, just because I think the Dodgers needed a series like this to kind of put them in their place. Um, the Dodgers were on a high all of August. They went twenty four and four in August. They were beating up on very 
underperforming teams or underwhelming teams for the most part. And you're supposed to beat those teams. I've wrote about this plenty of times. You're supposed to beat the teams that are in front of you, obviously. And that's a good thing. But they were not playing anybody of substance. They played Arizona, who was in the wild card race, and they're playing uh, Miami now. But they were playing the Oakland A's, the Colorado Rockies. They were playing these teams that weren't very good. So for them to play the Braves right after that stretch, you're thinking, okay, they have momentum. They're going to be playing just as good. The Braves are a different animal. Like you said, Arash, the Braves are just a different tier at this point. Yeah. Um, and I think for the Dodgers, it was great for them to actually get that experience. Say, hey, we still have a lot of work to do. We are still not the team that we think we could be. We It, it kind of lowered them down to earth because they are way up in the stratosphere about, you know, on the high of winning Mookie Betts NL MVP talks. And then you play the Braves and you're like you get humbled you get humbled a little bit and that's a good thing i think that'll teach them hey yes we're good and we have the ability to compete because they're competitive in a few of those games but it kind of says okay we have a lot to improve on we have to perform when it matters and going into the playoffs it's going to be like this so i'm not as negative about as other people are saying oh well this is it it's over we're not going to beat the braves no there's a lot of baseball left. There's a whole month or so left, and then the playoffs. So there's, there's a lot that could happen. There's a lot of guys that can get healthy, and there's a lot of things that can develop from here to now. There was a lot of talk about Team USA following, you know, one loss. You know, I, I don't know what 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 people expect. Some of them have short uh, short term memories because again, <laughs> the Olympics. You remember, you know, they didn't look that impressive. If you drop one game to Latvia or something like that. That that happens. Now you're in the you know elimination stage. Do do or die. Win or go mm-hmm. home. They look good. They're advancing to the semifinals. Fun matchup earlier uh, today, this morning uh, with Team Canada. And by the way, I mean mm-hmm. uh, you're a hockey fan, Jihei, um, as well. You know, for years there, there, there was always been a fun rivalry, USA Canada, with hockey. It'd be a heck of a thing if that became a thing Oof. in basketball. Your thoughts on the World Cup? And again, they're both in the semifinals. But if things if things go the way, hopefully that we think that they could, USA Canada gold medal game during the first Sunday of the National Football League season. Yeah, you know, like like you said, you know, Canada and U.S. has been such a, a an intense rivalry in hockey, and now we're get we, you know we may get it in basketball, and yeah. for good reason. I mean, the Canadian basketball team is is really good, and they don't even have some of their best players either, just like us. Um, yeah. You know, Canada they're they're relying on Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's a former Clipper and now Oklahoma City Thunder. He He's absolutely sensational, and he's leading that team. He had 31 points and 10 rebounds to lead Canada. Um, you know, Germany just got a win as well, so that's going to be an excellent matchup on that side of the bracket. Um, you know, for the U for Team USA, I think that that loss against Lithuania kind of put them in their place. Much like I was talking about, like with the Dodgers, they're on this high beating all these teams, and then you kind of get humbled and say, like, okay, well, we. we you know, we're not going to just go coast through this just like the Olympics. This is the World Cup where there's still like top players in, on each national team. And Lithuania was a tough team. They're still a tough team. And all the teams that are remaining are very tough. Um, it's not going to be an easy route for Team USA. Yes, Anthony Edwards is getting his points. Um, Cal Bridges is, get, is getting his points. But I think the main thing for them is just, you know, the chemistry, seeing what the because I still feel like the chemistry is not there. Um, Austin Reeves is a great connector. Josh Hart is a great connector. And Austin Reeves has been performing absolutely excellent. I'm excited to see him in the in the regular season with the Lakers. But 
you know, you have all these these talented guys. Like Brandon Ingram is not even playing that yeah. well. He has like two points, five points, whatever it may be, because he's just not used to playing as a team with a whole bunch of great players. So they're still figuring out, and they're in the semifinals. They have one loss. I would absolutely love to see USA versus Canada. I think that would be like a playoff atmosphere in basketball in August, or it's now September, in, in, in September, which is just really cool to see that's that's what you want to see on these stages in the world cup it's not even the olympics and we're getting this type of talent against each other i think it's really cool and i think uh i think that it is going to happen i think usa and canada are going to match up yeah i mean from from your lips to you know god's god's ears grant <laughs> i i hope for the, the exact same thing because those rivalries are um i was actually watching uh the uh, a bird uh, magic documentary last night and it's those kinds of rivalries that you know kind of keep us all all going right you know usa versus everybody else kind of thing um i wanted to switch gears over to the los angeles rams week one is finally upon us i am so excited i cannot wait I'm trying to go to circa tomorrow for thursday night wow football. there we go ah uh, cannot wait i'm so so happy oh, that yeah. football's finally here week one and then we have to get to the Rams, right? Because this is a Los Angeles kind of a station. So I um, I know that this is a rebuilding year. Rams are getting five and a half points for most books out there um, against the Seattle Seahawks. Um, and the possibility of Cooper Cup not playing seems more and more likely as the days um, reach to Sunday. Um, I wanted to talk to you again more and more about Putin Nakuel, who I think is going to be a great replacement for Cooper Cup and help um out this Rams team. Just wanted to know your thoughts on that and um, on this Rams rebuilding year as we get closer to the season. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, there's a lot. You know, every time I see power rankings, it's ranking the Rams to the, towards the back of the pack. It's more like 28th, 29th, 30th. And it's for good reason. I mean, their defense is very young. They have a ton of new guys, a ton of new faces. Like you said, Puka Nakua, one of the top guys that's coming in from the draft. He went to BYU. Um, and he's kind of like that Cooper Cup type of player. And I don't think Cooper Cup is going to play week one. I think hamstring injuries are very tricky um, to begin with. And then you have a set back to that i know how that feels um it, it's 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 really interesting to see how they're handling it they're going to specialist usually when you go to specialists it's not very you know really good news um so for cooper cup i don't think he'll play week one maybe not even week two i think they should just kind of rest him a little bit um and all the signs are kind of pointing towards the rams maybe shifting towards quiet tanking i don't think that's how it's going to be i really don't because i do think that this offense is still really good they still have matthew stafford they have a better offensive line um they do have a good wide receiving room you know you talked about puka nakua uh, van jefferson tutu atwell demarcus robinson came over from the chiefs they have a decent wide receiver room they have a pretty decent offense the thing with them is the defense you have aaron donald and then well that's about it you have ernest jones from the super bowl team um john johnson came in from the browns they signed him on like a minimum deal so there's kind of like you know there's a few guys you can point to but there's nothing you know generally that i can point to and say okay well maybe we can be good here here and there the Rams are probably not going to be this world-stopping team that we saw in the Super Bowl run, but I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I think they'll be probably a seven to, you know, 10 wins is the most they can get. They're not going to get more than that. The least they can get, I think, is maybe probably probably six. Um, that's if everything goes wrong, if Stafford gets hurt, if the line crumbles, if Cup's out for an extended period of time. So it, it's such a teeter-totter because they could either be 
kind of good and they could be really bad. So um, there's a lot of talk about them tanking, but I think for them, they're going to probably be in the middle, probably like seven, eight wins. Um, they're still going to be competitive. Les Snead loves to be competitive. So it's going to be a fun year and interesting year. And I know Rams fans are going to just go on a roller coaster all year. Grant, that's my least favorite place to be though. Like, I mean, I yeah. get Sean McVay will not tank, but Shoot, like you know, like if you're going to be in that six, seven win uh, range, like I, I, I'd, I'd quite frankly rather tank, get Caleb Williams, get your quarterback of the future. Uh, you know, my my hope is that as I look at this roster on paper, I think they're better on paper than Sean McVay's first year team that uh, he surprised everyone. Uh, you're not really going to sneak up on teams at this point anymore again you're two years removed from winning the super bowl you, you do have some big name superstar players so um yeah you, my, my my hope grand you probably agree i mean yeah i'd rather be terrible and get the first pick than be a six win team but um hopefully they're closer to the the a 10 win team that you're you're uh, talking about because um yeah, I, I just well, last year just kind of came out of nowhere, and I know that they had to deal with a lot of injuries and things like that. But um, yeah, uh, ho- hopefully they uh, surprise a lot of people. Big season uh, for the Chargers as well. They begin the season at home at SoFi Stadium against Miami. Uh, again, you couldn't have lost your last game of the season in more heartbreaking fashion than the Chargers did the last two years. Last play of the entire regular season in Las Vegas against the Raiders to mess out on the playoffs. And then third biggest collapse in league history, losing a 27-0 lead at Jacksonville, which, by the way, um, is a lot of people's dark horse pick to win it all this year. (laughs) Um, Your thoughts on the uh, Chargers, Grant? Yeah, the Chargers, uh, like you said, such a disappointing end to last year. There's a lot of talk about Brandon Staley not coming back. Um, should they make a change of head coach? They decided to keep him, and what they did instead was just got rid of Joe Lombardi and brought in Kellen Moore, who you know came over from the Cowboys. They had an excellent offense. Say what you want. The Cowboys have always had this great scheme under Kellen Moore. You now bring that to a Chargers team that has Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, and yeah. Justin Herbert, um, and then you add you know over you know a couple receivers and a draft. Um, their defense is still very good. You know, don't get it wrong. They have Bosa. They have great secondary. Um, JC Jackson will probably be back. Um, Derwin James. They have an excellent roster. You know, on paper, I kind of chalk it up to the Clippers. I hate to keep connecting this to the Clippers and the Angels, but it's kind of the same thing where you look at it on paper and you say, okay, well, the Chargers should be formidable. They should be one of the best teams in the league. But if they're healthy, Mike Williams has an injury history. Um, you know, Keenan Allen has an injury history. There's a lot of yeah. ifs on that team as well. Sure, there's a lot of talent, but there's a lot of ifs. I think for this year, they will be a lot better, but they have to compete with the Chiefs. They have to compete with a better Broncos team. And I think the Raiders are going to be a little bit better too this year. I know a lot of people are off on the Raiders. I think Jimmy G is a proven winner. I know he's not the greatest quarterback, but I think he can get that team to kind of a decent situation. Um, The Raiders aren't a bad football team by any accounts, in my opinion. So you're going to have to compete with all of those teams in that AFC West, not just in the AFC West, but if you get through that, you have to play teams, like you said, the Jaguars, the Bengals, the Ravens. It's a gauntlet in the AFC. It's not going to be easy for them. Can they do it? Sure. But will they? It's it's kind of an if right now just because of the health issues. We have to see how Kellen Moore implements the offense and how it works around Justin Herbert. So there are ifs, but man, they are really good on paper. And again, you know, last year they should have beat the Jaguars to move on and play the Chiefs, but they didn't get that opportunity. And now they have a chance to prove it. 
But Grant, before this college football season, G. Hay was telling me about Duke football, and I said, calm down. I mean, <laughs> I, I know you're a Duke basketball super fan. I have no expectation for your football team. They haven't been in the top 10 team since 1989. <laughs> Much respect to Taylor Swift. Uh, but and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Grant, not only do they beat up on Clemson, not a close game at all, totally blew them out oh, in the yeah. second half. They're in the top 25. Colorado's in the top 25. What's a bigger surprise to you, Duke football or Colorado football? I hate to say this, Chihei, but it's Duke. Um, I know Duke's <laughs> a good a, a good program. They have a great basketball program, but football is not really their forte. They are a good football team this year, though. Let's not get it twisted. There's not just it's not just like the upset Clemson just out of thin air. They had a great football team. They ran it well. They have an excellent quarterback who should probably get an extension on his paper still, in my <laughs> yes. opinion. But um, yeah, they have an excellent football team this year. I, they deserve the top twenty five ranking Colorado definitely deserves the top 25 yeah. ranking for what they did major props to Deion Sanders for what he's done to that program already they play Nebraska this is the thing I, as a USC fan and as somebody that's following them close I'm kind of scared of Colorado I, I know, know Caleb Williams yeah. is balling they're scoring a lot of points um but Alex Grinch you know his defense still kind of concerns me um, you know, Colorado's going to be a force this year. They're not just going to go away. This isn't just a one-off. Same like Duke. They're going to be in a lot of games. Um, and for me, as a USC fan, I know they're a great team, and I know they're going to probably be in the college football playoff. But these games against Colorado, against Utah, against Washington, Washington had a great first week. These are the kind of games that you're going to have to get up for. And USC, they had experience last year, but everybody kind of improved. And, and Jihei, I know that you want to talk about Duke football. <laughs> oh, that's okay. It's deserved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just I'm I'm so used to people hating on Duke for multiple reasons, so I get it. Um, and I and I get it. We are not a football school. We are basketball first. We are we are football, you know, way down the line. I mean, lacrosse takes precedence over that football team. I mean, those guys, those poor guys, they go on campus and they try to give away tickets for years. People aren't going to games. I mean, this was like one of the first like sellout. Um, to be honest with you, the only time that you know. Wade Stadium sells out is, you know, if it's North Carolina or if it's maybe Clemson or if it's Florida State. So, like, I get it. Like, it's not going to be one of those things where, like, everybody's going to be gung-ho about uh, Duke. But I will I will say this. Um, Ken Jong is getting on that bandwagon, which I love. <laughs> His fandom, former Duke alumni, I, I love that he is getting on the uh, Wade uh, Wallace uh, bandwagon. So I, I think that's great. For Duke football, and I, I mean, you hate us because you ain't us, people. So, just, <laughs> you know, everybody just getting like, um, I, I will ask you just really, really quick. We're running out of time, but really quick. I wanted to know your uh, thoughts. 20 seconds. Caleb Williams, dad, saying that Caleb will stay pending on where the certain things are in the draft. <laughs> I say just take the one of one, take the money, go first pick. You can move yeah. after that. That's all I got to say about that. I, I totally agree with that. But where things are different, and I still think he's going to come out. I think that they're, they're, they're just talking now. But, uh, you know, uh, when, you're, when you're in a Wendy's commercial, when you're in a Dr. Pepper commercial, when you're in all these commercials, again, it's not the same as getting a number one pick contract. But he's a millionaire right now. All right, Grant, you're the best. We'll have you back on uh, next week. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe, stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.